What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work. In traffic so slow, connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back, man. Season two of All the Smoke. We got a real special guest. What's up with your Brody with the virtual handshake? I'm going to tell y'all something that I never told nobody. I want all the smoke. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. Jack, what's up, bro? My brother, what's happening? Man, I can't call. It's starting to get cold out here in L.A., and I don't like it, bro. Oh, man. Hey, it's, all, it's always hoodie weather, hoodie weather out there, so I like it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's getting cold. It's starting to get cold in the east. Atlanta, we get, a, we get a little bit of every season, but, you know, when it get a little cold in, uh, in L.A., y'all start to panic. One thing about Atlanta, bro, they don't give a fuck about masks, huh? Y'all don't care nothing. about no kind of regulation, no nothing. <laughs> y'all just out there ripping and running like the pandemic don't exist, huh? It's, this is Wakanda, man. This is for real Wakanda, man. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Man, man, man. Hey, man, we got a special guest, man. Two-time NBA champ, uh, Chris Bosh, is uh, in the building today. Chris, how you doing, man? Thanks for your time. Man, good to see you guys, man. Texas Appreciate boy, it. Texas yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> First and uh, foremost, how's the family doing? We were talking before we started how homeschool is kicking your ass. I was telling you yeah. what I did with my homeschool, but how, how are you and the family doing right now? Everybody is good, man. You know, um, I didn't think I was going to have to do the third and the first grade again, but it is what it is. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey the, work is, the work is harder and different. They break down problems hey, different now. Man, Everything is different. Yeah, I, I look at it. You know, my kids go to private school, and I look at their problems and the way they do stuff. I say, yeah, we didn't do that. <laughs> right, you know, straight up. You know, and then, you know, my favorite, my favorite class is back to lunch. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> we back in those days. <laughs> no, I told you, I had to hire, the fifth grade math kicked my ass at the end of last school year. So I hired my kids like a full-time teacher that's in the house, at my house and at their mom's house. Like, so when they're doing their Zoom work with their, their school teacher, they got another teacher right there. I'm like, don't even bother me at that no more, man. I got yelling on your own with that. But that, yeah. that schoolwork is just different, man. 
It is, man. It is, uh, man. Teachers, God bless you all. I miss you. I miss <laughs> you. I, man, I love my teachers before all this madness started. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I hope we figure this out, man, because this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Politics, social justice, pandemic. We're, uh, you know, uh, a new president-elect. The, it kind of seems like uh, the world is somewhat in shambles right now. What is your outlook and what have you been thinking of late of just about what, between all that, what's been going on? Man, you know, I guess the overall general thing I've really been thinking about, um, first starting with the pandemic, um, was just kind of falling back in the family, um, back into to really learning how to be on top of each other and coexist. You know, I got five kids and... Mm. Um, you know, a big house can seem very small and seem like it's not much space, you know, and we had to learn how to respect each other's space. You know, we had to, I, I took a lot of the time to kind of do the small stuff like uh, teaching the kids, you know, how to sit at the table. Um, you know, because usually when you rip it and running, you don't get to, I'm to that part in parent parenting where, you know, you can get mad at the kid, but it's like, oh, damn, I got to teach you that. Okay, right. damn. What's, you what's, know. what's the age range of your kids? I got a 12-year-old. I got a 7-year-old. I got an 8-year-old and two 4-year-olds. Two 4-year-old twins. Oh, you got twins. That's right. Yeah, 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 I got twins. So, my, you know, my, it, the range is big. <laughs> no, my twins just turned 12, so I just had 13, 11, and 12-year-olds over here for 48 hours straight. I almost died when they all left. Like I, I even sent the twins back to their mom a half day early. Like, yo, you got to take these two. I can't do kids no more. I need a break, man. But it's, it's a beautiful thing. Hey, man, that is all. That's a part of it, man. And that's, that's kind of the part that I love is just, I, you know, because growing up, I went to a lot of summer camps. I went to... A lot of uh, a lot of times over my grandma's house with six cousins in there at once or my uncle's house. So, you know, I'm used to that dynamic. It's just it's funny. I'm just changing roles and just kind of being more more the parent. Um, and, you know, with the election and all that stuff, man, it's just chaos, really, to be honest. I just want I just want things to be in a position where people are talking. You know, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Anybody you talk to is mad and pissed and and something needs to be done. And it's some kind of conspiracy. You know what I mean? Um, I think uh, it would be healthy for the nation to kind of, you know, at least get some kind of dialogue because there's none at all. You know, you can watch your channel and you can follow who you follow on social and that's it. You know, I agree. I think the only way to move forward is conversation, the hard conversations, you know, that need to yeah. be had on both sides. But I completely agree sure. with you on that. How do you feel the uh, the NBA did uh, one with the bubble, but continuing to keep their message, their social message, uh, excuse me, social justice message alive during the uh, during the bubble play? Man, I, I think that was um, that was very important, very interesting. I mean, um, it, it obviously takes endurance um, to uh, to uh, keep a message going. And they did that every day, um, you know, allowing the players uh, to, uh, you know, choose from the pool of uh, social justice acts and put it on their jerseys, things like that. Having the uh, Black Lives Matter on the court, um, that was huge. And I mean, you know, even one of I mean, most importantly, sticking by what the message should be and supporting the players. And I mean, especially um, you know, with it affecting the players, you know, with Sterling Brown having um, right. having a situation he had, um, you know, uh, prior to all this stuff. So, 
I was just happy to see the guys continue to do that because it's not easy. And at the same time, you're in that bubble. You can't go anywhere. You're used to going, you know, packing up your bags and going somewhere every week. And, and then they were just stationary and, and still having, you know, to play at the same time, try to perpetuate this message while chaos is going outside. So, you know, I mean, it's not easy. And then, you know, you guys know how it is. You'll be in there and, and everybody will be like, ah, well, you paid, you fine, you're an athlete, you're okay. Like, you know, your mental health isn't important. So I really commend those guys for um, for doing what they did. They did a wonderful job and, and, you know, the message will continue. Seeing LeBron in year 17, someone you came in the league with, someone who was a friend of yours you got a chance to play mm-hmm. and win some rings with, what are your thoughts on just his – how do you say who who has been in their prime for seventeen years? <laughs> no, 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 no one, no yeah. one comes to mind. Yeah, I know, I know, man. You know, we all have our dreams of how things are gonna go and how your career is gonna be played out. And I mean, to actually watch him do it, I think one, we're not gonna appreciate it until um, until he's done playing, um, and it's going to be a dangerous new norm for any other player who wants to be the GOAT. You're at least going to have, you're going to have to have 18 years of prime. Like, come on, man. <laughs> right. Like, come on. I mean, bro, I mean, even looking at my, um, you know, my career, great career, you know, very long. But as far as like playoffs are concerned, you know, I didn't, I only went to the playoffs two times before going to Miami. You know, and then we had the four-year stretch, and that was it. That was all the playoff games I played. He's consistently played in the playoffs, not just, oh, yeah, you know, take your lumps and go home and have a five-month summer. I think that happened once. He only missed the playoffs one time or twice with the Lakers as well. But, I mean, just just being able to play and being able to hoop at a high level for so long and still getting it done, I mean, it's amazing. During the, uh, the NBA bubble basketball, you was able to see your former team the Heat play against your former teammate LeBron. I yeah. know you had I know you had mixed emotions. What was that like? It was tough, man. To be honest with you, because um, I know how much I know how hard it is. You know, you guys know how hard it is to get there. And you're right. talking about winning. You know, just getting there and and the toll that it takes, the focus that it takes. And you know, I have friends on both sides. You know, in both the front office. Um, you know, uh, in Miami and L.A., the coaching staff, the players, um, the GMs, you know, you build these relationships with everybody. I mean, it's tough to watch. You you definitely always want to see your guys compete. Um, but I, 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 the toughest part was kind of watching the Heat deal with injuries, uh, seeing my man Goran Dragic finally get there and not be able to play. Man, that, you know, that kind of broke my heart, man. He was playing well, too. People don't. People don't realize he was leading the team in scoring. He was averaging almost 21 points a game. He was that was a big piece for sure, man. And I mean, not to say they win, but it would definitely be definitely be a different series, you know, if he plays. And you know, just to be able to play in the finals, uh, I don't care where they're playing. If it's the finals and it's the NBA, that's a dream come true. To to you know, for him not to have that full experience, that was tough. But you know, with that said, they still went out there and and, and fought. Um, I know what the message was definitely on both sides, but specifically with the Heat. I know a lot of a lot of people were writing them off and kind of really not paying much attention to them. But, you know, when you get there, 
you don't get there just to lose. You don't get there to say, ah, well, hey, good season. I knew for sure they were going to prepare. They were going to fight, you know, until the last man standing. Um, and you're going, you were going to have to beat those guys. And it happened. But, you know, pain is pain. Um, I know they'll be able to get over it um, and it'll make them a better team. And, you know, to the Lakers, man, you know, one down. Let's see. Uh, let's see mm -hmm. if they can keep it going. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of yeah. talk about who's coming and going there, so it'll be interesting to see next season. Texas raised you. Uh, Lincoln High School uh, decided to go to Georgia Tech. You were a one and done there, the number fourth yeah. pick. So what was it? What was it like going from Texas to Toronto? Did you know anything <laughs> about it? I knew nothing about it. I, all I knew is that they played at the Air Canada Center. Um, they had played in the. Um, uh, the dome before that's all I knew and the Blue Jays <laughs> played there and, you know it. Joe Carter knocked one back in 92 you know that's yes. all I really knew everything else you know I knew nothing about the city I, I worked out for him and it was just you know it, it was a different experience I mean one one of the things I didn't anticipate was you know being different was how like little things you'll go by a speed sign and it'll be kilometers per hour or the McDonald's will taste just a little different, you know. And what was it? What was the McDonald's that, uh, in Coming to America? What was that shit called? McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, they have yeah, some McDonald's, McDonald's out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but just a culture shock. It's a different place, and and it's cold. You know, it's cold, man. I thought I thought I saw snow. I hadn't seen any snow. I thought I was cold. It, it, when I got there, um, that's I had you had to get used to it, and at the same time, you know, the league. League was a little different then, man. It was um, it, it wasn't as young um, as it is today. I mean, you you I mean, you go directly. I'm a 19 year old. You go directly to a team with grown ass men, you know, mm -hmm. with kids and you know part time jobs and shit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> facts, straight facts. up. Hey, you can't you, you can't you yeah. can't you can't forget that Texas though. Uh, you know, I'm, I went to Lincoln too, but Dallas Lincoln and Port Arthur Lincoln. You can't play yeah. high school basketball and not know about Dallas Lincoln and Port Arthur Lincoln. Talk about that Absolutely. Texas that Texas thing, man. Man, you know that's one of the that's one of the things uh, my dad he misses most. He misses going to the games. You get him talking about basketball, he always goes back to high school basketball every single time. You know, uh, just standing room only. Yeah, man. Just to just just one to be able to have a good team, and then you know the whole hoods, you know, giving you support and showing up. Um, I've been talking with a lot of my old friends, and you know, we were we, we were just saying like, damn, that was like to me, to us, for our generation, we feel like, man, that was that that felt like that was you know a good year in South Dallas. Nothing yes. happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything was yeah. all good. People were celebrating. The news cameras was there. Everybody was having fun. You know, it, overall, I mean, it was just my my experience was great. I think um, I think we played PA. We played Jefferson and we played Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that, we played that, both. You guys. We I, always, I, I, you know, because you you yeah, you hear everything about PA. I thought it was fascinating. I'm like, oh shit, they Lincoln too. Oh damn. Okay, <laughs> we got to play them one day. I mean. <clears throat> And, you know, it being a, um, a powerhouse and, you know, we always knew, uh, you know, about the best players in the uh, in the country and in the state. Uh, Rashard Lewis, yep. you, you guys pretty much were kind of like the barometer of what's possible because you guys went first. And it's like, oh, OK, damn, LJ going. Like, OK, all right, damn, we can, yeah. you know, more people can get in. And, and, and once it got competitive, you know, 
I mean, Texas has athletes. You know, once yeah. you put guys on the court and get get those uh, get those folks to working hard, man, is you know, sky's the limit. And you know, our our run was magical, man. We got to go down state and all that good stuff. Yeah, from ni from 1996 to like 2002, around the time you graduated, you wasn't going to Austin to the state championship, and either Dallas Lincoln. Uh, Port Arthur Lincoln was there. One of our schools was there every yeah. year representing the state championship, 4A, 5A, and people don't know how big that is in Texas. You know what I'm saying? Basketball is big in Texas, but that state championship, high school basketball, where you get to see 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, all those day, top man. schools all day, that's, that, that's a great experience, bro. Yeah, man, all day. And um, one of my favorite teams that we got to watch, I thought they were unbelievable. I don't know if you got to see uh, TJ Ford and Daniel Ewan their senior year, Willow Ridge. Willow Ridge was uh, always good too. Yeah, they went thirty nine and zero that year. Amazing yeah. team, and yes, I mean, sir. they not that they was messing with the game, but you could tell they had that attitude. Oh, we not gonna lose. They could be down five with two seconds left. They still yeah. believe they're gonna win. You know, that, that was good. <laughs> two thousand three, I won NBA championship, but you got drafted in two thousand three. Mm -hmm. The draft class was unbelievable. Let's talk about the draft class. Man, the old draft class. You know, it's funny, like. Me, Brian, and Melo, um, we had probably been playing playing against each other slash together in that AAU circuit for two two years up until that point. You know, um, I met Melo for the first time in Colorado Springs in 2002, right before college. And uh, we played on the USA uh, national team. I had always heard about, no, 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 let me take that back. Met him at the McDonald's All-American game. And ah. then before that, I met Bron um, in ABCD camp in 2001. Yeah, 2001, summer 2001. So like, you know, having those experiences as kids and then getting to accomplish your dream and seeing the same dudes next to you. That was, you know, crazy. And then yeah. with Dwayne, we had uh, the same agent. So we're both kids and, you know, we're, we, uh, I think it was, I met Dwayne in pre-draft. And so, you know, sitting down, meeting him, this is like the agency team, you know how it is. And they pull us all together and it's like, all right, you guys are friends now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I had only seen him play on TV and all that stuff. So, Really, and, and I mean, even with TJ, too, because TJ was in there, too. I mean, watching him play in high school and, um, you know, meeting a couple times, just passing by, you know, playing ball. It's uh, it was it was crazy, man. I mean, um, we knew we knew we wanted to do special things and stuff. Of course, looking looking, you know, back on things now, we know how the story went. But at that time, it was just cool that you had people that you knew and were familiar with along the journey with you so it didn't make it too too weird or too too tough you know because it was it was right. tough enough arguably one of the if not the you know top two or three classes of all time considering everything you know that you four accomplished uh in your careers and uh, you look at kobe's draft class and somewhat you know some of us yeah. all might throw in another draft class or two but your guys draft class is definitely uh up there at the top uh you spoke on your experience being a rookie with grown-ass men kind of thrown in the fire. You got a <laughs> yeah. chance to play with Vince Carter for one year there. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I remember first seeing him there, and he was just – he took the world by storm. Uh, you know, when Vince yeah. Sanity, half man, half amazing, you know, kind of hit, hit hit Toronto and put them on the map. How was it your one year playing with VC? 
It it was tough. <laughs> it was tough, but he did an awesome job. You know, looking back on it, he was only like twenty five years old. You know, and he took me under his wing. He um, you know, he took me out to eat on the road. He even came over, you know, with dinner with me and my parents. You know, he met my parents and stuff, and um, you know, he 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 showed me, um, you know, things. He took me under his wing, you know, and uh, I don't, I'm not sure if people knew my capability coming into the league. You know, I had supreme confidence in myself, so I knew I could help the team right away. I knew that he wanted to win, um, and, and so did I. So I want, I always wanted to be that rookie that showed up in the game, you know what I mean? Because it was so much pressure and he was so good. I mean, a lot of people don't know how much talent he possessed. Oh, God, <laughs> I, I try know? to tell people, man, one of the most <laughs> physically gifted and skilled people I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Yeah, he was incredible. So just, just to be able to see that and just, I mean, just to see the Vinsanity factor, to be at All-Star with this dude and just watch him just walking people reacting to him and it, it was uh it was amazing you know even you know a couple parties even a couple parties just a couple just a couple we didn't have a game the next day you know what i'm saying but he, he took me he did a great job and just just like really just being around him man he was uh he was awesome that's dope What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. 
Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey, one thing that I used to love, bro, to me, I was just like, yo, this dude is crazy, but I respected it was when you used to do, like, your pitch to become an NBA All-Star. I mean, all said and done now, you're an 11-time All-Star, but you really used to do your little pitches and act. And where did that shit come from? Because that shit used to have me roll. <laughs> you know what it was, bro? It was not boredom. I don't want to say boredom. Uh, but to be honest, the only reason I had uh, that idea, times weren't like they are now. Um, the voting system uh, for All-Star was just a little different. So if you played, which is still the same now, but if you played in a certain area, you're more likely to get votes, right? Um, and I always, at the time, I thought that Toronto was going to be able I thought everybody was giving Toronto a tough time, you know? And then I remember looking, I was trying to be an all-star that year and I'm looking at the numbers and I mean, KG and Bron, their, their voting numbers are just, it's another level of superstardom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And all I only did that just to kind of bring the votes up and make it a little closer because it was embarrassing being way <laughs> in third. <laughs> way, to be honest, said way in third, <laughs> way in third, bro. But like, I, I always like I always mess with the camera. I always did videos and stuff, and and you know, just my brother, my friends, we'd always make each other laugh and do do not crazy crazy stuff, but you know, funny shit, and mm -hmm. you know, really just have a good time, man. And and really, I mean, another huge influence on me was like I, me and my dad and my brother, we would watch. In Living Color, every Sunday night we watch In Living Color, and we watch the the Star Trek: The Next Generation, and then the old school Star Trek with with, uh, with William Shatner, you know what I mean, and Richard Nimoy, and we would we would sit there, and and our favorite, of course, uh, was watching In Living Color and watching those dudes. I mean, that was kind of like the early influence, yeah. And so I always loved that stuff, you know, and that was pretty much just like my imitation of it. <laughs> Keenan Ivory Wayne doesn't get enough love for all the people we, we had. We're lucky enough to have Jamie Foxx on here. We discussed, I mean, how pivotal Keenan Ivory Wayne's was to a whole 90s movement. Yeah, he, right. they should talk more about that. Um, I mean, he gets no love, like none at all. And I mean, just really that Wayne's family as an empire. Right. Maybe they want it like that. I don't know. You know, but uh, they should definitely give more credit. Just. Yeah, for, for everything or most of the stuff we saw visually in the 90s, mm -hmm. they, they definitely need to give you a lot of credit for that, man. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Jack, you got you, it. You, yep, you battled against some of the best fours to ever play in the game during your time. Dirk, Tim Duncan, Rasheed, Chris Webber. I know you. I know it was some nights where you couldn't sleep before and after games. Talk about, <laughs> talk, talk about battling with those guys. Man, my yeah, I mean, 
that was the thing to aspire to be. You know, all those guys you named, KG, you know, they they pretty much set the tone. And I mean, especially out west, you might, I mean, you might go Dallas, Sacramento, Minnesota, you know, and and um, if you didn't bring it on any particular night at that position, or if you couldn't guard, or if you couldn't score, you know, you're probably gonna get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. But I, I loved it. I mean, all those guys are my heroes growing up. So I wanted um, to really put myself in a position like them. Um, you know, they set the model for it. And I mean, a lot of nights not sleeping. The, the the team I used to hate playing the most was the Pistons, bro. When she was with the Pistons, man, I, you know, the, I, I, yeah, I couldn't sleep. Those were the nights I couldn't sleep for sure. <laughs> Could not sleep for sure, man, because they're going to be physical. Yeah. You know, my, need, my, my team needs to, me to get 25, 30 points. I'm probably not going to get it, you know, because they're going to put a lot of bodies on me, you know. I'm probably not going to get it. Yeah, I, I wasn't um, defense wasn't uh, wasn't as strong back then, you know, and, and that was always the worst thing to hear. If you in these games, Flip Saunders, you know, the late great man, he wasn't shy about anything. He hey hey, turn four. Oh, damn, here it comes. Here we go. It's nothing, and it's nothing I can do. <laughs> yeah, 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 we all we all have been there, <laughs> man. Yeah, but. You know, that so was, now, yeah, that was the now league, you know man. how we felt. Now you know how we felt when me and Matt was in Golden State and we had to guard your ass. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? I hated that was the one thing I hated. You give me a big guy, I I can I'm okay. But you guys guard me if if a smaller person was on me, I just didn't know what to do, man. I hated it. Cause my game was face up. I wanted to take yeah. advantage of. We took, we took of, your space yeah. away. We man, you dirt. take we that space that away. Too, oh, yeah. you getting in my shit? We, I can't see. I don't want to pass. <laughs> right. And we doubled your ass. <laughs> and, and we doubled your ass. Oh, we doubled your ass. <laughs> I hated. I hated playing you guys when y'all was with that team. Hey, out of <laughs> out of the people you named, you know, uh, KG, Duncan, Weber, Rasheed, Dirk. Who was your toughest personal battle? Mm. Oh, KG by far. Mm. It's not even close. You can KG And he's going to talk big shit to you, too. Oh, man, <laughs> dude. I had to get game. over it, man. I had to I had to get over it. I had to, like, you know, go to the temple and, like, do some meditation, bro. <laughs> he got me one time so good, bro, in a game. And I had a terrible game, too. Mm. He called me a mama's boy. <laughs> Oh my God! And this is on top of the forget all the curse words, you know, mf and back and forth. He said, "Wait, wait, hey man, you a woman? You a mama's boy?" And I was like, "Ooh!" And my my bro, my mind was gone. I probably I probably scored five points. I got dominated and embarrassed. I was just like. <sighs> Bro, I'm, mm. I'm in my seat. I'm in my bed. Just can't sleep. Just like, what the fuck you mean, mama's boy? I ain't no damn mama's boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, that's KG. K hey, KG walk on the court. The first, his first hey. five minutes, he, he talking to himself. Come on, motherfucker. Let's go, yeah. motherfucker. Like, yeah. like, he talking to himself the whole time, dog. Yeah, bro. And and I let him. I'm like, man, who, man, who you talking to, bro? And, <laughs> And that woke him up and shut me down, bro. And ever since that day, I said, nah, I'm okay. 
I'm not no trash talk. I can't even. I'm trying to think of comebacks, and the game's still going. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say this to him. Like, Yo, you down five, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, who's oh, someone uh, growing up because you were known as one of the most versatile fours in our game when you were able to stretch your game out? Who were some of the uh, people you looked up to or maybe one in particular who you kind of tried to pattern your game after? Oh, it was KG as well. I think that's why it was so mm, – uh, I mean, you can pretty much put him across the board. Um, right. I had – you know, and, and I definitely appreciated everybody's game. I want to say, wanted to say, uh, my second favorite was she, you know, just because, mm. I mean, she was she, but I was looking at somebody that looked like me, you know, so right away, you know, he, you know, when I saw him as a rookie, he was thin, fast, long, you know, playing both sides, uh, both ends of the court. That's, you know, that, that was who I identified with. So, that face-up game, I had never seen anything like it. You know, uh, at the time, I had those old-school coaches. You know, if the big if the big man puts the ball on the floor, God damn it, son, pass it. You know, it's one of those things. And I, I watched him put the ball on the floor, shoot the J, um, block a shot, get the rebound. You know, start the break. Once I saw that, um, that opened my mind to it. Then I saw Lamar Odom. Then I saw Darius Darius Miles, yeah. And once I saw that, I, I knew it was nothing anybody could tell me. I had seen I had seen the future. You know what I'm saying? So I'd say those th those those are the three guys. You know, uh, KG, Lo, uh, and D Miles. When, when I saw D Miles, yeah, D Miles, bro, D Miles. I saw Lo. I was I was one of those crazy weird kids with uh, college basketball. I watched Lo at Rhode Island, and. Um, and then with D Miles, um, it was the 2000 McDonald's All American game. Mm -hmm. I had never seen anything like that. I mean, he was getting the rebound and and beating the guards down the court and just dunking and yeah, hanging ball. on the rim, swinging off. I mean, me and my homies, we 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 wanted to be exactly exactly like that. So, you know, and they had the appeal too. Him and him and Q Rich out there, the knuckleheads. I mean, come on, it's still going now, you know. It's, it's, uh, Shout out yeah, to it's our crazy. boys. Yeah, Shout out man. to the knuckleheads. Shout out to the knuckleheads, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. So, Shout like, those were, man. those were the main influences, man. People miss D. Miles, man. Knee injuries definitely cut him down short, man, in his back. But he was a motherfucker, boy. Man. When he was young he out there running in L.A. But he had game, too. <laughs> he had, like, yeah. game, game. It wasn't just the Duncan. D. Miles had the whole package, man. Yes, sir. 2008, Team USA. Let's talk about that experience and did that time in 2008 with the USA team, did that create the talk for the big three in Miami? It actually didn't, man. I, a lot of people ask that. I mean, I can't speak for LeBron and D, um, but for me, not, nah, not really. I mean, uh, I was still, my focus was on playing um, and really hanging out with the guys and I always wanted to be like them. I wanted to be uh, seen in the same light. You know, Melo, uh, D-Wade, and, and Brian, I mean, they, they had the um, the things that I wanted. They had the endorsement deals. They had the, um, you know, the regular season success, the playoff success. I was able, you know, to, to still um, be an all-star and all that stuff, but I was always trying to be on that level. You know, so being in that situation, I just wanted to play, <laughs> you know, and I wanted to be out on the court. Um, so 
And, and, and to be honest with you, I wasn't as social when I was uh, that age. I, it's one thing I wish I would have done more of, make more of an effort uh, to be one of the fellas. You know, I, I think I tried pretty decently, but just talking back and forth, uh, enjoying the time more, you know, um, I was at the card games, but sometimes I was just a fly on the wall. You know what I'm saying? I wish I would have yeah. talked a little more and just picked their brain and, and just be a part of the conversation a little more. But, um, you know, with that said, they, they might have had conversations. I, 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 I did not. <laughs> so now fast forward, you know, two seasons, two summers later, uh, you know, you're, you have an opportunity to, uh, you know, make a tough decision whether or not to leave Toronto. Um, yeah. Walk us through the process. Obviously, you didn't have a big announcement in an interview as, as, <laughs> as, as your brother Bron did, but what was your <laughs> thought process on, man, do I want to stay loyal to the place that drafted me? Or do I want to go win in Miami? Man, I wanted to stay loyal. I really did. Um, but with that prior statement, uh, I wanted to be like those guys. I mean, D-Wade had quick success. I mean, just seeing how quickly they wanted. I mean, it was three years after we got drafted. I, and, it, and it was in Dallas. I was in Dallas just watching the TV like, what the hell, bro? We didn't even make the playoffs. We weren't even close. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it made um, it made me want to work harder. Um, and through that hard work, it just we just didn't have uh, didn't have the success we wanted to. I mean, we were in a we were in a position, or I was in a position in Toronto. Of course, I wanted to win right away, but the the kind of 2010 free agency situation kind of made it to where I know I can play in the states and win now, and have a ch or have a chance at winning now. And um, that was like the main important thing. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were our heroes, man. You know, that's, that's 11 rings. You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't have none. <laughs> and I've been playing for seven years. I'm behind, you know. So um, and, and I talked to I talked to a lot of OGs uh, as well. And the main thing that I got was guys saying no matter what you want to play on that stage you know you want to play on the big stage that's what you want to do and that just stuck with me so that was that was always in my intent and the decision I made and and don't get me wrong T Toronto made it tough on me I mean that was uh, that was home uh, all my friends were there my I loved it there um I could shoot it whenever I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> But you know those. Uh, I, I wanted to win, man. I'm. Uh, I've always been a competitor, and winning, winning has always been first and foremost, and and that's what I wanted to do. Was uh how how was it getting recruited by Pat Riley? Did he call you and uh or just text you a picture <laughs> of all, all his rings and say what what you want to do, fam? I got all these rings. I can show you how to get one. Come on over. Yeah, he, except he showed it to me right then, right there, because we had all our meetings in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was it was crazy just talking to Pat, because Pat, you know how you know people have an aura. Pat has an aura. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Pat has an aura. And the mob boss. You know what I mean? He come in, yeah. You just stand up a little straight. You know what I mean? Oh, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. You know, he just carries my Godfather. That <laughs> my, God, my, God, my Godfather impression. Yeah, oh, you know. Oh, Pat Riley, see, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. 
But he is. And like to see him telling, you know, having a message to you to win a championship and to have Pat Riley tell you, yo, this is what it's about. I mean, my dad, my dad went with me to the meeting. He was fanning out before it. I'm like, yo, Pop, chill out. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, man, that's Pat Riley, man. You know, my dad watched, my dad, you know, he, he was growing up in the 80s and had me in the 80s. So, like, you know, that's Showtime, all that. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and then even in the early 90s with the Knicks. So, you know, just just um, just the thing that Pat brings is, uh, is, is that championship aura. And you can see it. You know what I mean? You see it, mm-hmm. and then he starts talking to you, and then, like, you know, it's always a good point. You know, so I just, uh, you know, I just enjoyed it, really. I wish uh, I wish we would have taped it, but it's uh, it's in here somewhere. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> How challenging was it for you? Because similar to KG, when they got their big three, he was the one that kind of stepped back the most and sacrificed to make sure everything went. And from the outside looking in, it looks like you were the superstar that sacrificed the most for uh, mm-hmm. Braun and D-Wade. So how challenging was it for you mentally to kind of find, all right, I'm here with this team, we're going to win, but find yeah. your footing and your identity with the Heat team? Man, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It was difficult. It wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. I thought it was gonna be a lot easier. I thought it was just gonna be one of those things where we just go out there and play, and uh, things are gonna happen. But basketball doesn't work like that. Um, and, and you know, just just as far as like my what I brought to the table was concerned was different. Those two guys. I mean, the things they could do. I knew right away. Like, okay, I can't do that. You know, D get the Euro stepping going 200 miles an hour. And then Brian, I mean, I, you know, I watch him like, you know, get the block, get the rebound, kick it up, beat everybody down the floor and catch, catch a lob with his head at the rim. Mm, mm. I can't, I can't do that. I'm not even going to try to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the way my body's so, built. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a little different. But in that situation, I knew where I could function and, you know, it, it just in that dynamic of that team, um, it wasn't necessary um, as much. So I had to learn to play the game a different way, which was totally fine. But I had to I had to learn how to play more of a team concept. The toughest thing was really the social. Everybody on the outside looking in, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, the, the jokes, the. The, the the mockery, the <laughs> all the stuff that comes with it, I didn't really see that coming. Mm. And so usually to defend yourself on the court, in my instance was if somebody's talking shit on the sideline, well, all right, cool, I'm going to light you up for 30. You know what I mean? And in this situation, I really couldn't do that. You know, um, it, it, it was just a different dynamic, but it, it made us pour, uh, uh, pour ourselves more into the team and... You know, I found so many different as, uh, facets of basketball that, you know, I, I, I'm so glad that I picked up and, and got to experience. And it worked. You know, we uh, won a couple. We got to compete for four years. And, you know, I can't take anything away from that. It was a hell of a ride. I mean, D-Wade, obviously they appreciated. D-Wade made a quote that he was the piece that me and LeBron needed to make everything work. So, obviously, they knew uh, you were the, the one that kind of kept everything moving. But that – you know, entailed a huge step back from what you something you were accustomed to do. The one thing you said before in Toronto, shoot that bitch whenever I wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah. After, once you get to Miami, it's a little <laughs> different to kind of find your spots. And then 
one thing you were able to do was really consistently, you know, stretch your range out. And I think when you started doing that consistently, that's when you kind of found your inside because no one could get deal with you on that that mid that that turn and go. Uh, but then when you were able to step back and start playing more on the perimeter too and open up the court more for the team, that's what, I, like I said, as an opponent and outside looking in, that's to me, that's what it looks like when you kind of found your rhythm a little bit. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I would have done that earlier. I wish I would have went ahead and, you know, the blueprint was there, but I wish I would have went ahead and changed that next year, that first year, I, I'm playing behind the three-point line. Because one, mm -hmm. that's where the game was going anyway. You know, guys like Dirk, pretty much established it and said, okay, you, you know, it's out there. It hasn't like you haven't seen it before. It's it just that, I don't know, I just was too scared to take the leap. And I think the whole team was scared to take the leap. But I, yeah, I should have, yeah, I think if I would have stretched uh, out, you know, to the three-point line a little sooner, I think I even was too late because I, I still watch film to this day. I always watch our, uh, our series against the Spurs and I'm just looking. I said, man, all I had to do is stand behind, stand at the corner three. Just to make it a little, I mean, goddamn, it's Tim Duncan. You know, he has probably, you know, he's Smart. got a lot of block shots. You know, about top three in, the, in ever. You know, if I, I would have made it a little tough on him, just stepping behind that three-point line and being a threat there and make them mm -hmm. kind of make an adjustment. They never had to really make a defensive adjustment on us, not a lot. Make him um, but, close out. Make him close yeah. out would have been a problem. You would have yeah. went right by. And then, you know, with the rules, you can't no hand checking, no this, yeah. no that. And then, you know, you right can make him. plays. Yeah. Right and so him, yeah. that's one thing I wish I would have done was just make that, make take that one and a half step back, you know, steps back a little earlier and start functioning there. But, you know, it, it still went well. You know, I, I have no complaints. So the, to start that season, obviously so much hype. There's a big parade, everything. You guys are – crowned you guys want to win 187 championships in a row you guys start the season <laughs> off you guys start the season off at nine and eight and man like you said yeah. that outside media the fans the heckling when was there a pivotal <laughs> moment that season you felt you guys kind of came together had a meeting or found your footing through a particular game what what made you guys turn the corner that season so it was that week uh we lost to the mavericks yeah that uh when we were nine and eight that eighth loss was to the Mavericks. We had just lost the night before, I believe, if I remember correctly, in New Orleans. And I remember D coming in and just like, you know, having one of his moments. He he blows up at the team. But it was like a it was one of the most positive rants I've ever seen. You know what I mean? He was <laughs> he was like, man, this bullshit. We got to start talking to each other, man. My name is D Wade. <laughs> I got Two kids, you know, he just was going off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was that, and then I, I can't remember if we um, went on a if that was in the middle of a road trip or we went to. I remember being in Chicago and I got hurt, and we had our first game West Coast road trip. I think that West Coast road trip was when the group really, really started gelling because that's when D-Wade and Brian, I don't know what the hell they were talking to each other about, but that's when they start doing that full court stealing mm, and all that. Them outlet shits. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I remember being, I, I didn't um, go on that trip. I was hurt. And I watched that and just being able to take a step back and see that, you know, it kind of really helped me and say, okay, all right, when I come back, this is what we're going to do. This is how I'm going to fit in. And things started to pick up after that. We still we still hit uh 
hit some blocks, some road bumps, but um, I think that's kind of when we found our identity as a team. And then really after that, it was really just about winning and losing, playing our style, you know, lose, winning like a man, shit, losing like a man. Um, all those things had to, had to kind of uh, help us gel as a team uh, throughout the rest of that season. Losing to the Mavs in 2011 finals, what was the biggest lesson that y'all took from that? Man, that's a good one. Biggest lesson, don't count your eggs before they hatch, I guess. Um, kind of, one, the one thing I learned for sure was don't watch TV during the playoffs. <laughs> 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 Bro, I thought we had it. I thought we, we went up 2-1. I was like, yes, sir, you know, but it didn't happen. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I think as a team, just just having that toughness, <clears throat> understanding that they're they're a great team too, and and it's gonna be runs and stuff. I think we hung our heads way too much. Um, we weren't alert. Um, it was some simple things that they did. You know, just those team building concepts, the small things like make calling that switch under five seconds yeah. in the shot clock. You know what I'm saying? That's when they, that, that last four or that last three and a half seconds to where, you know, you'll see the good teams continue to make the next play and make the next closeout, and they're going to keep making the right pass, you know? That we, trust, that trust was yeah, there. Yeah, they had the trust. Psychologically, we weren't prepared for that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, we let guys get off, and, and we let that, you know, kind of damage our psyche. I think after that, we understood, like, you know, it's a, it's a game of runs. They might have a run. We might have a run. Let's keep playing. Let's go on to the next play. Let's get a stop. Let's get a bucket. We need to do the. You know what I mean? Uh, those intangibles, we got way, way better at that. It was, it was a huge lesson learned. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassell to point game i remember you came out from crying tears <laughs> crying tears. i mean he was in a culture shock and then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning remember what i told you i said i said oh you think i can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
So 2012 and 13, you guys go back-to-back. In 2012, you were injured in the playoffs, and you come back during LeBron's game six uh, when you guys are down 3-2 to Boston. What do you remember about that night? All I remember, I remember a lot. It was a terrible smelling locker room. I don't know if you guys have played. <laughs> yes. Look, I'm a, I'm a TD guard, and y'all, come on now. Come they, on, share with, they share with the hockey players, I'm telling you. Dude, man, we oh we knew it that day. It was no question. It was like, yo, they was in here last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it smelled like, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, oh, my God. I just remember kind of it, it all came down to that. But just kind of alluding to what I was saying earlier with the Mavericks, we just we, we just said, hey, we didn't panic. We let's win. Let's win this game. We need to, we're going to win this game by doing these things. Of course, you can't hang your hat and hope that Brian has you know, 45 points in three quarters, you know, but it, it kind of, it's nice to have it, that yeah, though. Yeah. It's nice to have it. It just happened. You know, I was, I was hurt, you know, I was hurt more than people know. Um, so I was just concentrating on what I can even do today. You know, I, I was, I was playing with a lot of pain and so I just wanted to do something, you know? Um, so, about man, about midway, about right. I, I want to say at the ten, nine, ten minute mark in the second quarter, that's when I kind of realized, like, damn, Brian had missed. He had missed. Okay, damn, everything he's throwing is going up. That made it easier on us because all we needed to do was get a stop. You know, so it motivated us more on the defensive end. We get the ball to Brian. He is pretty much. I don't know where where he's at, but we need to keep him there. And, you know, next thing we know, it's like, man, it's three minutes left. We up 25, 20, mm. you know, 28 points. Damn. Mm. We, man, we're going, we, we going back home. Hell yeah, we survived it. And, and, you know, I just remember how focused Brian was. He was, uh, he was not nervous. You know, if he was, he didn't let on to be. <clears throat> we were, uh, we were uh, getting loose in the back, um, about to, you know, run out there for warm-ups. And you, you know how it is. It's, it's Pretty much, you have a quiet conversation. There's nothing to talk about with the coach. You watch the film. You watch the clips. We go out there. Everybody's getting, you know, kind of focused. And I just remember him kind of looking up, saying, "Damn, David Stern here today, huh?" We were like, "Yeah, he's here." Mm. And they brought the trophy. They brought the trophy here today too, huh? It's like, mm. "Yeah, I suppose the trophy is here." Mm. And then he's like, "All right, cool. Let's go out there and do it." <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. yeah. So you get past them. You guys beat uh, young, up-and-coming KC in five. What was it like to finally get to the top of that mountain? Man, it was a relief. I want to say that was, yeah, that was a relief. We knew we were going to do it. It was kind of an unorthodox road. It never happens the way you want it to happen. Uh, but, you know, just getting over that mountaintop, having that feeling, and being in Miami, I mean, it was a dream come true, to be honest with you. Um it was uh, it was a great feeling, and it, it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast, man. It's like, oh yeah, you have all these dreams. It's gonna be like this when we in the locker room, and then yeah, at the parade, I'm gonna do this. This. It's just like you blink three times, and then it's, it's time to go because you got you need to get on vacation now because training camp is in nine weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <clears throat> we just. Uh, I know for me, it was, uh, it, you know, it, words can't even describe it. You know, just uh, just seeing how much the city 
um, where you're living and where you're competing, how much the city gets into it. You know, a lot of people, unless you've experienced it, you, you can't even understand. But the whole the whole city is in it. You know, you feel a loss. If you win it, I mean, everybody's happy, you know. So just to just to kind of share that with the friends, to bring that to Miami, um, you know, to do that uh, with some guys I consider brothers and friends. Uh, it was uh, it was super special. The first one, second one was just like a relief. It was more yeah. just like, dude, <laughs> you know, you, you understand how uh, even more how hard it is to win. It's harder to defend it. I mean, uh, playing a series like that was just mentally, spiritually, physically exhausting. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to play basketball anymore. That was like that was the first time basketball was fun. Oh, I mean, it wasn't fun while I was playing. It's like I'm getting ready for game six, and I mean, the knots in my stomach are just, <laughs> you know, you fighting some nervousness because it's all on the line, you know? So um, we, we found a way to pull things out, but those, uh, those, uh, those times were real special, man. Well, between, you know, obviously in, in 13, you guys play, you know, Tim Duncan, Manu, and Tony, um, a huge game six, and someone asked you, what was one of your favorite moments at one point? And it was, you said, it, it, it was the rebound you grabbed and the kick out to Ray. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, as many points yeah, you they scored, get, all-star hey, games, They dunks. cut me, Matt. Matt, they cut me, Matt. The Spurs cut me. <laughs> I, would, I, I would have boxed Chris' ass out and got that rebound, man. They yo, cut me. Yo, I was Jack. supposed to be in that series. That was, a, that was a hell of a series. I wanted to be in that series. <laughs> Damn you, Pop. Damn you, Pop. I'm still mad about that. I'm still mad hey, about that, dog. Jack, <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, I remember because we, were, we had just played uh, New Orleans, and we were leaving New Orleans. We were on the bus. And you had called me like, yo, I just got pop cut me, da-da-da-da. They're bringing in T-Mac, da-da-da-da. And then uh, fast forward, <laughs> these dudes go to the finals. I didn't even remember that being that year, bro. Damn, that's crazy. We, you know what's funny? <laughs> yo, Stack, me and my guy, uh, me and Shane, we, we always talk about it. And we really, we, you know, we've watched the, the play a lot. You know how, you know, Shane, he don't get hit. Boy, that's like his best move is a box out. You ask Yo, him yeah, that. Well, shot, man. pivot, no, box out. That's my best move. Exactly. He told me, he said, off of that one, I would have oh, I would have cracked your ribs, bro. Because, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watched the flight of the ball, and Manu uh, was the bottom guy. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, it's one of those box out where the big is going like this. Oh, this was open. You know what I mean? So he could have, ah, oh, he could have, he could have took me out. You know, for NBA, he was like, yeah, for NBA championship, I would have gladly done it. <laughs> <laughs> Clean your ass up. What easy? I would have just been at the hospital, and 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 we would have lost. You know what I'm but saying? You know, but you know, that's how Shane played. Shane was just Shane did anything to win the game. He wasn't. Oh dirty. yeah. He oh, just yeah. played by the rules. Oh, if I for could slide, sure. If, if I could slide up under you last minute <laughs> and get a charge, that's not on me. It's the rules. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, I would have put my hip right there, and that would have killed yeah. your ass. But, yeah. you know, um, yeah, that was uh, – that that play just kind of really just happened fast. Um, I'm, I'm glad it happened the way it did. And, I mean, still even after that, we had to execute – we had to, you know, play an overtime – 
another overtime. We had to play what five yeah. more quarters. We had to play overtime and, and another game. So then you got a yeah, block. Yeah. To stay with but it. also the big block in that that was just a, like the, it was the small things you did in that game. You know, obviously you played well, but it was two. It was a rebound and a block shot that you know secured the win. And then obviously you know game seven is a classic and it, it, it's going back to back and. You know, you guys get the championship, but it's those small things that people don't think about or realize. And for you to accomplish everything you've accomplished in your career and say that an offensive rebound and a kick out to a teammate was your one of your favorite plays of your career, that, yeah. that really says a lot, man. For sure. And I didn't score in game seven. I tell people that all the time. You want to know something even funnier? Me or Ray didn't score in game seven. That's a fun fact for you. Wow. Really? That was, uh, I don't know, it wasn't his last bucket, but he scored a couple in overtime, I believe. But, yeah, we did not score one bucket in game seven. Zero points between me and Ray in game seven, man. (laughs) So you look back at it when it's all said and done. It's four finals appearances in two years, two titles. What do you take away most? Obviously, the championships are important, but what do you take away most from this, you know, you leave Toronto or you leave Toronto and have this four year run that's gonna go down in the history books. Man, I I think um I think overall I'm just happy that I was able to kind of roll with the punches in a sense. Uh things worked out, um, but not in the way that I thought they would. I always thought if we were gonna be uh winning an NBA championship, I'd be like MJ, you know, holding up the finals trophy, you know, um, but you, you realize how, how much it takes to do something like that. I think, man, I mean, I, I'm just proud of the way how many times I was able to transform. I was able to try to carry a franchise. Most people don't even get those opportunities, you know, so just to have the opportunity and, and try um, to, to be able to participate. I mean, in damn near every NBA sanctioned event like the league Boy, I don't know how many stones I left unturned. You know, I always loved the <laughs> NBA growing up, man. So just to be able to continue to participate in it. But as a player, um, to do all those things and uh, to be successful, um, you know, with my friends, uh, it was amazing. And to really get to, to know um, people at great organizations, both in Toronto and in Miami, um, you know, with Toronto winning last year, uh, I have, man, the equipment guys. I went to a couple of the finals games. We was having, we was kicking back, having some brews before the game. You know what I mean? In the same spot. You know, just being able to be proud of those guys and, and, and for that city to have, for my friends to have that experience was great. And then in Miami, I mean, um, you know, uh, that's such a special place to be able to knock on Pat Riley's door and, and have those meetings, you know, and just to be able to talk to him and talk to the guys and talk to Spo. I mean, it was uh, it was a special time, you know, and the further we get removed from it, man, I mean, even people in Miami, you know, they'll come up to me if they see me walking around the street, you know, before all this stuff, they, they talk about it, you know, man, remember, bro, do you remember? You know, um, it was so electric. It was so much fun. Those are the times I miss. You know, everybody at the games, seeing the fans at the games, especially now because we don't know what the hell is right. going to happen in the future. You know, so right. um, I'm just so so glad that we got to have um, all of those moments with the uh, yeah. with the entire city, man. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, LeBron decides to head back to Cleveland. Was that a shock to you and D Wade? Was it talked about amongst you three? How did you find out he was decided to go back to uh, take his talents back to Cleveland? Through a text. (laughs) 
through a text. I thought it was BSing, and then, you know, about 10 minutes later, it's everywhere. Um, I understand it. I, I get it at the time. At the time, I didn't understand it. Um, at the time, in my mind, I was ready to put the team back together so we can, you know, because we had just lost. Um, so we wanted to put put something back together uh, so we could win. Um, and it really didn't go like that. Uh, you know, I, I took offense to it, to be honest with you, at first. Um, I was only thinking of um, how I felt about it. And, you know, me and Brian talked about it. But, you know, I'm a competitor. And, you know, to be honest with you, shit, when you go back to the locker room and Brian ain't in that chair, and then everybody's kind of looking at you for that 25 points and looking at D for that 25 points, you know, it's like, damn, man. <laughs> shit, my knee hurts, you know? Like, uh, But, I, I, you know, you, you, you realize how... Uh, we really did realize how special of a player he was. But at that time, I was, uh, you know, I'm super competitive. Um, I was upset. Uh, still, it still worked out for everybody. Um, but I was upset. And it took some time to get over it. I want to say it took months to get over it. You know, me and I, uh, we had to be in the same place and talk about it. Uh, you know, uh, nothing deep, but just, you know, just talk and get back to, to the good terms and, you know, get back to where we were and, you know, it's. Uh, it, it, I'm glad we did, and you know, it, it, it was tough to deal with. But at the same time, we uh, we had to get to back to a mode of not rebuilding, but uh, getting more out of ourselves and out of our team, and yeah. you know, not always having that easy thing to rely on number six to do his job, and, mm, and you know, you're mm. gonna get twenty, twenty eight, eight and eight, and and all I gotta right. do is this. You know, it, it shuffled Crazy. things up. You know. Right. So now, obviously, Bron's gone. That's giving you and D-Wade D more responsibility back on both your guys' plays, because I'm sure most of you accept it with open arms. But then shortly mm -hmm. after that is when you start dealing with your health issues. Yeah. Did you know how serious they were at the time initially, or did they continue to progress? Talk to us about that. Uh, it continued to progress. It went from a, um, a problem where it's like, man, I really do feel kind of weird when I breathe. Man, what's going on? To fully debilitated... I can't even, it hurts to move, you know? Mm. And then I went to the hospital uh, and yeah, I was there for about two weeks. Uh, I thought I was only going to be there about five, six days. On the fifth, on the fifth day, I can't remember exactly when, but on the fifth day, uh, they told me I needed surgery. They drained my lung. And then if you ever had your lungs drained, it sucks. And so they drained my lung and then I thought I was going to go home. But then more doctors came in and, and told me like, yeah, we're going to have to go in there and you've developed these things. Therefore, you need surgery. And I was there for another week and a half, pretty much. Um, and, you know, I didn't leave. If you my don't room, mind, you know? if, if you don't mind, explain to our viewers and our fans what exactly had happened to you. So I had a, um, turns out, uh, I went to uh, the doctor. I had a collapsed lung. They took me to the emergency room. They performed CT scans and all these things. I had pulmonary embolisms uh, in my lungs. So that's a blood clot in your lung. And um, pretty much I went from playing an all-star game on Sunday to pretty much, I think, Tuesday, them telling me the next 24 hours are critical. Wow. You know, so I was like, all right, you know, I got the thing in my nose, you know, so um, and then I didn't leave that place for a, a couple of weeks. 
you know, um, it, you know, it put things into perspective for me. And then even after that, we still uh, was able to bounce back. Then again, it happened again. Same time in All-Star Weekend, and that was the last time I played. You know, so, uh, and, and I didn't have any pain or anything during that time. It really was difficult, you know, rehabbing pretty much. I had not had to learn how to walk again, but the most I could do was walk down the hall and back, and then I'd have to get in bed for another 20 hours, you know. Um, you know, um, the, the hardest part the second time was just me trying to do the right thing and saying, oh, man, I feel this or I feel it in my calf. Man, let me just make sure I go. Let me just get checked out just just so they could tell me I'm good. And then I, I didn't play basketball after that. So and it was tough because I was in good shape. I mean, me and Pat, we talked about it. We had man, we had a squad, man. I felt not to say that we were going to win it all, but. We could have competed still, for a championship. Still, no, still, still, two Hall of Famers. Yeah. Being as competitive, being as competitive as you were, how hard was it coming to the realization, understanding that you know, thirty, thirty-one, you still got another eight. The way you played, <laughs> probably ten years left in your career. Yeah. And you had you had to decide, like, like this health is really going to remove me from the game. Like, how did you come mm-hmm. to grips with that? Time. That's really it. Just time, man. Uh, I was so mad and frustrated. Um, all those guys that we were talking about earlier, I wanted to be like them. You know, in that thing, in, in, in those guys, 13-year career is kind of like the bottom tier. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to establish myself uh, in the record books. <laughs> I wanted to establish myself without Braun, to be honest with you. Uh, we wanted to win without him, to be honest. It's like he, you know, not he wanted to win without us, but I think it's something to say, you know, Shaq won without Kobe, Kobe won without Shaq, you know. Um, I wanted to put myself in that category and on that pedestal, and uh, I wanted to to help D uh, get back to that status as well. And I mean, we, man, we had a real, I really felt really good about our team. We were like in second or third place. We, we had a, at round all-star break, we said, okay, we do, we play our cards right. We do what we're supposed to do. We could get it at number two seed. Shit. If we get to the Eastern Conference Finals, hey, you know, let's, let's, let's play some ball. I'm, I'm not worried about it at all, you know? So we were very, very confident. Um, it just wasn't to be, but I, I eventually just came to the realization that, what else do you want? You know, don't be greedy. You did everything, bro. Um, I was talking, me and my man Maverick Carter, we was talking. And, I, I, you know, I said, man, it, 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 it didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen. He said it never happens the way it's supposed to happen. And when he said that, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> You're right. And it kind of put me in a mode to where I have to figure something else out because... You know, heaven forbid, if something happened while I'm on the court, which has right. been plenty of times, you know, I feel like I got away with enough because people have died for way less. You know, Man, once, you, you know what I'm saying? I was like, all right, cool. I should be here because usually the people that have the thing that I have, you know what I'm saying? They're not here anymore. Yeah. So I kind of took that to heart and just, you know, just really moved on, got it out of my system and, and just moved on. Was it a difficult transition with, with all that being said, knowing you still had a lot in the tank? What you're, so you're 32 years old now, 31 yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what was that transition like just to go in, you know, now you're in the house every day with your family and it's just you're watching your friends continue to move forward. Was there a mental block there or a mental frustration or anything you went through having to watch that? So that kind of I knew I wasn't going to play after that. Um, and then, you know, D got traded back to Miami later that year and I was so happy for him, but I was so hurt at the same time. You know, just uh, just you know, him being able to get that chance um, to to go back and have those moments. You know, I, I felt I deserved them, but I wasn't getting them. And it is what it is, you know. A uh, very small percentage of guys in the league get that. You know, you realize how special that is. And then really, um, you know, you know, I got to give credit to my family, man. They they held me together. Uh, we, we had just had our twins. Um, they were super young. Um, they needed me, my wife needed me to kind of focus on the family. Um, you know, uh, I had a lot of things I had to clean up, uh, from, from things in the past, you know, so, you know, I, you, you don't know that, but when you're done playing, you guys know you got a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of free time. You don't realize how much time too. A lot of cleaning. You don't realize how much time. You don't realize how much time basketball takes until you're not doing it no For more. From sure. even in the summertime, when you you know we're working out two or three times a day, and our yeah. we're such creatures of habit, we don't realize what void that filled when we remove ourselves. I mean, if you think about it. We play our seasons eight or nine months if you're lucky. If you're lucky, then you take three or four months off, then you start training. So we're really on 11 out of 12 months a year we're on. Yeah, and you, for sure. And all of a sudden, it's just not there no more. It's just like, holy shit, I got a whole life to live. And like yeah. Said, early 30s, you got a whole life to, in front of you still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, my, and, my, and, you know, my babies were babies. You know, I had babies. We had babies, you know, and that was – that was a challenge. Um, and especially for me, I realized how much my wife did, you know, like I remember one morning coming downstairs and all the kids are playing and I'm just like, damn, they're loud. They're so loud. I looked at my wife. Are they always as loud? Like, <laughs> like you know, day, I'm dude, usually taking, about? yeah, I'm usually playing my, you know, taking my pregame nap and she gets them into yeah. the, into the playroom so they could mm -hmm. make noise there. And you know, those things, uh, took some getting used to, but I, I, I like to say I hope uh, hopefully I fell into the the role of dad pretty good now, and and I've got a pretty good sense uh, sense for what I'm doing. But like at first, um, it was a challenge, kind of uh, readjusting everything, and at the same time trying to figure out what the hell I'm gonna do with the rest of my life, you know, and um, and what kind of uh, what kind of uh, message I'm gonna leave and all that stuff. I mean. I never saw myself not playing basketball at 32, you know. I, I wanted to play at least until 36. I just turned 36, you know, so it's like, damn, all right, well, <laughs> I'm in this position. I just have to, you know, learn how to, how to be a civilian and figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. It's a lot different. Um, thoughts, thoughts on the 2020 Hall of Fame class? Rest in peace to our brother Kobe, KG, and Duncan, guys you had battles with. Thoughts on that class? I got to say, amazing class. I wanted to be a part of it. I know, you know, people be like, oh, yeah, Chris. But look, let me tell you something. I wanted to be a part of it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, but, um, for, I, you know, one of the best classes ever. I mean, you know, I hate that Kobe isn't here 
to to be able to experience that and for us to experience his presence. I mean, I got to go uh, to the Hall of Fame induction for Ray and just to see, I mean, it's a special thing just to see all the greats, you know, show up. It was like the basketball Avengers every year. You know what I'm saying? You see like, damn, that Bill Russ, Bill, Bill in this joint, you know what I mean? What up, babe? You know, everybody's there. And, and I know for sure it still will happen, but um, just the amount of people that those guys inspired and, 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 and how they, I think if you take those three guys, the way they changed the game uh, for guys in my generation, um, you know, it was it was uh, it was really really amazing. So, I mean, I'm I'm um, you know honored for those guys. I'm very happy for them. I hate that Kobe's not here. It'll kind of be a dark cloud over it, but still, we should uh, we should appreciate those uh, those guys' uh, accomplishments nonetheless. That's a lot of. That's a lot of that's a lot of hardware in that in that in that uh, mm-hmm. in, in that group right there, and that's just the individual hardware. We can get to the team stuff later. Just the individual hardware, you know, it's uh, yep. it's amazing. Yep, dope. All right, man, we're almost done here. We got quick hitters. Um, your starting five lineup uh, from por- former teammates. Ha, any from any former teammates? teammates wow. Yeah. Your all-time starting lineup. You can include yourself. You can come off the bench, however you want to slice. I hope. Well, you, you know, you gotta have. Lineup. Gotta have the, gotta have the three in there. You already know. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, you gotta have the three. Um, man, you know what? To be honest with you, I just go with the five that we had. Not what like teammates on the court or teammates like just great teammates. No, no, just people you played with. People you so play guys, with, period. So anyone from Toronto, anyone from yeah. Toronto, you, anyone from Vince, the Heat. Braun. We got to play a game. We got to play a game. Yeah, you got to battle somebody. We got to battle somebody, yeah. Big three, Vince, for sure. And, uh, you know, if we playing today, I suppose I play the five. Give me Shane for that, yeah. for that to be that glue. Nice, You know what nice. I'm saying? We there need that go. glue. That glue guy. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice, nice. So, so you, Braun, D-Wade... Vince and Shane. Yeah, for Solid. sure. Solid five. Jack, skip the next one and go to the uh, artist because he already all answered right. that one. Top five artists of all time. Ooh, boy. Artists? Artists? Artists. I mean, you know, you got to put, uh, you know, you got to put Mike and Prince in there for sure. <laughs> Man, I'm going to put Babyface in there too. And, and he's more than just an artist. I mean, he's... He's an artist too, but he's a monster at songwriting. I mean, mm-hmm. I Baby went to face. a Grammy party. Yo, dude, bro, he got like a hundred Grammys or something crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I'm uh, definitely going to go. You go ahead, Teddy. You get your uh, connection ready, and I'll sing to the ladies. <laughs> I'll sing to the ladies, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I'm going to have to go with uh, Jay-Z. Because uh, he's elongated rap. Nobody thought that you could still rap. Um, but he's continued to, con- to put out projects yeah. and stuff. And, you know, just his cultural impact. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got to go with Ye. Old, old Kanye. Oh, yeah. Old Kanye. Uh, uh, old Ye. Early Ye. How could you be so hard? Hey, that Ye. That Ye. Hey. 
I tell people, man, college dropout Kanye could have been president. Yes, yes. I would have voted, I would have voted for that college one. College dropout. Man, He went too early. Up, yeah, 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 yeah. Straight up. Straight up. College, college dropout. Kanye could have definitely yeah. been president. And, so and I'm going to have to go, uh, and one more, I'm going to have to go with Usher, my man Usher. Oh. You know, nice. I'm going to have to go with my man Very Usher. underrated. Usher's definitely an all-time great. Yeah, I think he yeah. definitely gets looked over. For sure. Uh, five, di- five dinner guests, dead or alive? I'm a Barack, Al Pacino. Nice. Scarface. My grandfather. Okay. Dope. Daddy Jack Bosch. Daddy Jack Bosch. Uh, uh, yeah, Malcolm X and, and Martin nice. Luther King. Nice, Martin, nice. Martin nice. Luther the King. You got a solid. You got hey, a solid. That's gonna, have, that's, that's gonna be. Put some wine, a couple cigars, maybe a couple joints up. Ain't no. Oh, oh hell yeah! It was like, Yo, come on, come on, come on, Martin, come on now. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so this next question. Who do you think we should have on All the Smoke? But before you answer, you have to help us get this guest. Oh, shoot, man. Who I think you should have on All the Smoke, man? We already had one of the big we, I, we already had one of the big three. It would be nice to complete it. We're missing one of the big three. <laughs> who who and do it? Oh, the king, the king, the king. Man. <laughs> I, I don't want to make no promises there. So uh, <laughs> Man, dude, I don't know, man. That's a good ass question, man. I don't, shoot, who should you have? Man, I want I want to say somebody outside of because you guys do so is such a wide net. You know what I mean? How, how, how about, how about I'll somebody. give you a suggestion? How about I'll give you a suggestion? Add some. <laughs> give me one, because please. because I know you know this person. Yeah, Pat Riley. You should he said, have he, he Pat Riley. You should have Pat Mafia. Riley. Man. That'd be dope one. to get Pat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's hey, a gold hey, episode hey, for no us. Bullshit. That's a gold episode for us. But I'm about to hey, say, I can't make yo, no promises between, now. But I was about to say, but, but, <laughs> hey, between Bron and Pat, I don't, I don't know who's harder to yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Pat is, Shoot, hey, Pat is, hey, Pat, Pat got more rings than anybody. Hey, man, man. I just when we have dinner, it's like, man, it's so good to see you. I appreciate you, man. You, look good. you know what I mean? Boy, good to see you, man. It'll be a while. Let's get everything in now in this hour lunch. You know, yeah. right? That's what's up. That's a wrap. Chris, thank you for your time, my brother. Yes, sir. Thank Appreciate you, you, man. Thank you, guys, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't talk about it. Thank you to our guest, Chris Bosch, for his time. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform under the Black Effects. See y'all next week. Chris, thanks, bro. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, thank guys, you very man. Much. Appreciate it. Take Have it easy, guys. Day. Hey, good to see you, you bro. Have thanks for your time, bro. Good, good to, to see, see you, bro. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories.